It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 61 of the Night Talker. At 1045, it's not where we at in society. That's because at 1030, it is the first of a two-segment chat with stand-up comedian Rich Voss ahead of his headlining shows at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. At 10.15, I'm discussing the big recruiting weekend for Longhorn football with Bobby Burton of Inside Texas and the On Texas Football YouTube channel. And coming up this segment, the Longhorns do land two more commitments for their class of 2024, and America's first trans athlete says something pretty ridiculous. No, I'm not talking about Caitlyn Jenner. I am your host, Trey Elling. You can follow me on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. Kind of a mundane weekend in the world of sports. Yeah, the College World Series is going on right now. Game one was exciting for LSU winning in extras with a go-ahead homer in the top of the 11th before defeating the Florida Gators. And then Florida forces a Game 3 yesterday in blowout fashion, had another huge blowout in Major League Baseball over the weekend thanks to the Los Angeles Angels. And uh, just not a whole lot else, just not a whole lot else going on this weekend. Unless, of course... You are a Texas Longhorn football fan. That is because heading into the weekend, there was a lot of buzz about the number of guys who are going to be on campus this weekend for official visits, some of whom were in that five-star slash best player in their position, best player at their position in the country status. And by the time the weekend was all said and done, Not only had Steve Sarkeesian and company set themselves up for commitments with guys down the road, they actually landed a couple new commitments in real time for the class of 2024. And yes, they are now richer at the running back and offensive line positions. After getting a commitment on Saturday, I believe, from Jarek Gibson, of IMG Academy in Florida. According to On3, he is the number two running back prospect in the entire country. Top 50 overall prospect. And he's the second running back to commit to Texas in the matter of, what, less than two weeks now. Christian Clark, kid out of Arizona, became the first. And now Jared Gibson has proven once again that Tashar Choice is not only an excellent coach on the field for this program and helping to develop running backs, he may be the best recruiter in the entire country. When he wants a guy at this position, he gets him. No questions asked. And when he wants two guys, well, he gets both of those targets as well. The second commitment for Texas this weekend was an offensive lineman and a guy who really fits the Kyle Flood mold for what he's looking for at that position. And while Kyle Flood certainly would love to grab his share of five-star offensive linemen, as a matter of fact, he did a couple of cycles ago, 
He also has no issues going after a guy who may be a little bit underrated by the recruiting services, but a dude who projects to put on the right sort of weight to become a dominant force at the next level. And that seems to be exactly what he has found with Atascacita senior-to-be Nate Kibble. Kibble is 6'5", 310 pounds, projects to play guard at the next level, and even though on three has him rated as a three-star right now, he is that massive frame who looks like he will be able to put on some really good weight over the course of the summer into his senior season at Atascacita, of course, but also once he gets on campus here. And Tori Becton and the nutrition coaches for the Longhorns continue adding positive weight for Kibble. Not a guy who in all likelihood is going to be expected to play serious snaps too early, but one of those guys who will have the opportunity to develop. And maybe he starts to work his way into the rotation as a redshirt freshman and is playing more serious minutes as a sophomore and beyond. So kudos to the Texas Longhorns for both of those commitments. And we will further break said commitments down coming up here in just a few minutes when Bobby Burton joins me after the commercial break. One other story that I did want to get to ahead of the commercial break has to do with America's first transgender athlete. No, I'm not talking about who you think I'm talking about. Bruce Jenner turned Caitlyn Jenner. That transformation occurred, I believe, after America's unofficial first transgender athlete. That would be one Dennis Rodman, whose antics are well publicized at this point. But Dennis Rodman apparently spoke out this weekend. I'm not even sure where this came from. But Dennis Rodman was interviewed at some point over the weekend and was asked if Larry Bird could beat LeBron James one-on-one in basketball at the height of both players' powers. From Dennis Rodman, quote, If Larry Bird played in this era, I think he'd be in Europe. There's no way. I think the kid from Denver is way better than him. Of course, Rodman speaking about Nikolaj Jokic, better than Larry Bird. Ultimately, that may turn out to be true. But to diminish just how good Larry Bird was as a player, one of the top players of his generation. By the way, a guy that was way ahead of his time, too. A dude who was who had that larger stature, small to power forward size, probably played more small forward, but he could do a little bit of everything. A great rebounder, a great scorer, obviously. He could shoot from anywhere. And also an exceptional passer to go along with playing a pretty savvy brand of defense. So perhaps this is Dennis Rodman just trying to troll folks by talking trash about Larry Bird. After all, those bad boy Pistons weren't all that crazy about those Boston Celtics teams as one era was coming to an end, the other era really getting going. But for Dennis Rodman to 
think that Larry Bird would not have a place in today's NBA is stupid. There are certain guys that you might be able to say that about. Although I would suggest that for most guys starting in the 1980s, if they were superstars in that era, we could even take this back to the 1970s. They would be something in today's NBA. Because it's not like you're just, I don't know, like Encino Man, plucking that guy out of this era and putting him in the modern era. You're allowing him the same privileges that exist with today's NBA players. And all the different developmental layers that exist from childhood on up. Through AAU basketball, high school hoops, college ball, and then eventually making it to the pros. Larry Bird was the modern NBA player before this modern era ever came to be. And by the way, he was not only competitive, he was also a world-class trash talker. So if you think Larry Bird would be scared by today's competition, the softies who are out there for most teams, who are having to take breaks, who are having to take recovery days on back-to-back games, Larry Bird would scoff at those dudes. He would trash talk those dudes the next time he saw them on the court. Come on, Dennis Rodman. I realize that you carry the mantle as the first trans athlete in U.S. sports history, but you got to come up with some better opinions than that. All right, we will get back into Longhorn football recruiting coming up next segment with Bobby Burton of Inside Texas and the On Texas Football YouTube channel. Proving good things do happen on the radio after 10 p.m. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling on 1027 ESPN and 1027ESPN.com. So in the ESPN uh, radio, do you, do you focus on sports at all when you're doing this? or um, it's, uh, it's part sports and part stupid news type stories. And then the other part is me. I have complete autonomy over the interviews that I set up. So yeah. um, it's... Anybody who I would, I'm interested in having a conversation with, which with Austin finding itself as all of a sudden like a stand-up mecca in this country. Fortunately for me, because I'm a nerd for the art form, it includes a lot of stand-up comedians. I mean, it's cool to get to talk to you and Big J and Greg Fitzsimmons. I mean, there's been so many people over the last couple of months since Rogan opened his place and like. Austin's stand-up scene is elevated above where it was when it was just Cap City pre-COVID. And like, you know, I've been to the Comedy Mothership a bunch of times and just seen a variety of acts. And it's just, it's it never, it's never going to lose its appeal to me because in a lot of ways, that is the last frontier where you can really speak openly about things. And assuming that that you're not just being completely ignorant with the stuff that you cover, maybe there's a larger point or maybe you're just trying to, hit the ridiculousness of both sides of a given issue. Like it's, it's never something that I will not love. And it's also I, uh, something that I, that I, that I, I don't need. I, it's not like playing golf versus watching golf where I can play golf. I have a hard time watching golf. Like I can watch stand up on television, but it's, I am so much better off as a fan of the art form. If I'm in a crowd watching it in person. And by the way, yeah. it needs to be a club too. Like I'm, I'm close to done with the theater shows. I'm definitely done with the arena shows. I know you just talked about going on birds tour. It's just, it's yeah. not intimate enough for me to really well, uh, appreciate what's happening on stage. Well, I mean, personally, I'm a club comic. 
Yeah. That's I I mean that's what I I love doing clubs. Yeah. I could do material, I could do crowd work, it, you know, people could see facial expressions, you know, it's easier to work in the moment. I mean it's a whole different vibe than the, even a theater or an arena. Mm-hmm. You know, clubs I love doing clubs, you know. It's funny, for Simmons, I just played golf with him Thursday when mm-hmm. I was in LA. We were laughing, we, we nonstop laughing all day long, me and him. I bet. Uh, he, the first time we played, he beat me by one stroke. Next time we played, I beat him. And the other day, he beat me, and I, I couldn't hit a ball. When I next time we play, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt. Him. I'm gonna crush him. Uh, very funny guy. Uh, yeah, club comedy. Like when I was in Austin, I did a guest spot at at Rogan's room. I stopped there, and it was, it's a great city for comedy. Yeah. It, it's you know, I mean, it it's. They, they're, they just love comedy in Austin. It's a great city for it. And he, that club's amazing too. It's, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, what do you love about that club? Because I've spoken with numerous comedians who describe it as a comedian's comedy club. And much like with Burt's tour, it's, it's really hard yeah. to find a flaw in that place from the crowd or if you're somebody who's getting up on stage. So what makes that club so special in your mind? Probably the best thing I love about it is that they're using me. <laughs> that's a pretty good quality uh i was there once the night i did a guest spot Uh uh-huh and the audience was so pumped so you know the ups everything about it Uh, look a comic is running it that knows comedy Mm -hmm. he knows comedy the guy booking it knows comedy because he's from la and adam adam yeah so but mainly the owner you know, you get these other owners, they, you know, these other owners care about selling some of them, not all of them, you know, uh, chicken wings and drinks. They don't care. You know, you can light the wait staff on fire as long as you sell enough tickets. They don't care. You know, Joe knows good comedy. He's been around it. He's a comic. You know what I mean? He's, so he's putting in people that he he thinks will do well or that he you know what i mean he just knows it's it's better i listen there's other comics that own comedy clubs Hmm. but they're more club owners than they are comics he's more of a comic than he is a club owner do you know what i mean and he has been bringing people in since he started building that club out. And he's at, he paused opening the club, I think, on at least a couple of different occasions based on feedback that he was getting. I think at one point, Louis suggested that he raise a stage in one of the rooms and do something else. So he decided to do that, and that delayed the opening by a month or two. And there may have been one other example also. I'm glad you mentioned the food, though, because I'm convinced— that that is one of the more savvy things that he's done with his club is refusing to serve food. That way you don't have the smell of the fryer wafting through the club and just one more distraction for people at tables and then also the servers yeah. to have to deal with while comics are up on stage t- uh, telling jokes. Who's going to spit out chicken wings to laugh? Right. If you have a mouthful of food, you're not going to laugh. You know, your head's in the table. Mm-hmm. I was working a club. I I lost it on the club owner. I almost, uh, it was a, uh, somewhere in Wisconsin, Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin. 
So yeah, the club owner's an old guy. He's got a lot of money. He owns a bunch of businesses in town. And I did the club once and it was good. Sold a lot of chickens. So I went back. Maybe it was, anyhow, he's going to try to sell food. He was selling food at the club, but he's, he wanted to put a bunch of new stuff on the menu. So as the people walk in, he had all these samples of whatever. Well, you know, people walk. Anyhow, when I'm on stage, he had the waitresses walking around handing out samples. I lost my mind. I lo- I, I go, are you f-ing kidding me? Right. And before I went on stage, he goes, oh, you don't use the F-bomb. Anybody says F-bomb should be shot. Okay. You don't shut up. Well, after. You definitely should know in a comedy club. Yeah. As that food is being passed out, uh, I said his F-bomb word a million times, <laughs> along with others. And I just walked off and yelled, I go, you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You, you don't pass out. Or it wasn't a, I'm not working Costco or a wedding, you jackass. I'm working. <laughs> and this guy's handing out samples of little pieces of cake and nuts and whatever, you idiot. What an idiot. Uh, what the hell is wrong with people? I don't know. They just don't know. They don't know. And that's what Joe knows. He's He knows. You know what I mean? That's why the club is so good. And, you know, it, it the sound, everything, the sight, you know, from, you know, the one time I was there, the dressing room or the green room, you know. So I'm looking forward to that this week working there uh, because – it's run well, you know, so it's been a good month to tour and comedy store and saying this, you know, I don't know what I have next. Oh, then I'm shooting a special next month for a half, half an hour special. Which at, is, uh, at the mothership or someplace else? No, in New York at the cutting room. Okay. It's gas digital. Those guys, Lewis and they're, uh, love those dudes. Uh, they're doing six of them. Uh, myself, uh, Kurt Metzger, who's super funny, yeah. uh, Colin Terrell, I don't know, three, some uh, girl. Anyhow, they're taping July 11, 12, and 13th, hmm. or 10, 11, 12, at the Cutting Room. Free tickets to, to the taping at the Cutting Room in New York. Wow. I think 10, 11, and 12, and I'm taping mine on the 12th with Colin Terrell, an Irish guy, really funny guy from Ireland, hmm. I think, or unless, unless he has a fake accent, you know. <laughs> That's how they do it, you know. You get these guys that say they're handicapped and they're, you know, they come out all crooked and but they're in the back playing hacky sack, uh, <laughs> you know. Hey, your, your time, I come walking out all. I was working at, I, I went, I was working at a club somewhere and then I went to another club after my show to do just a spot on and some host was he comes up with a cane and he he's half crooked and and he's going today's my birthday and i went up there i go look you can't have both you can't have the cane and your birthday take one or the other okay you can't get those those applause applause breaks on both you know what i'm saying either leave the cane and walk out or don't say it's your birthday. It's too much. It's, it's, I don't like it. Makes sense to me. All right. Last question, Rich. It is your birthday this Friday. What birthday is it for you? My, uh, uh, my birthday. Yeah. What, what number is it for you? 
oh, let's really look. I'm trying to meet some hot young girl in in Austin, and you want me to tell my <laughs> age? I'm trying to meet, you know. Uh, and uh, I don't want somebody with a grandfather issue. Maybe somebody with a daddy issue. Okay. What, re- regardless of what that number is, the number is a big question mark. That's fine. What okay. would, whatever age you're about to be, what advice would you give Rich Voss from 20 years ago? Oh, to now? Yeah. Uh, Apple. <laughs> Buy Apple stock? Yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, wow. Wow. 20 years ago, I had 17 years sober already because I have 37 years sober. I know. That's so, why I didn't, that's why I didn't go 40 years ago. Cause I think 40 years ago, it's easy. It's like cut the BS yeah. now. 40 years ago, I would have said, you know, when you buy free base or well, whatever, uh, 37, <laughs> <laughs> I would have said, listen, <laughs> be careful, be careful. Sometimes it's soap. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I couldn't even imagine now partying or getting, I couldn't, I'd be dead, you know, with all the crap going on. I, you know, I, there is people listening or anywhere to think that they, you can stop. You can, if you give yourself a chance, it's, it, you know, the rewards are endless and just a day at a time. That's all you got to do. You don't worry about down the road, you can stop. And I'm not preaching. I'm just saying from my experience, I was a full blown drug addict. Mm. And now I have three kids, a granddaughter, two more, you know what I mean? But everybody's life doesn't, you know, I, I did a lot of hard work, but one thing I can, one thing I can guarantee anybody that's trying to stop or wants to stop. I don't know what will become of your life, but I do know, the obsession and compulsion to doing drugs and alcohol will be lifted at some point. Hmm. That's what you're dealing with obsession and compulsion, and it will be lifted. And this is why my fan base stinks because they don't listen to me. (laughs) 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 They go, if if we stop, we might have to move out of our mom's basement. No, I hate to sound preachy, but you know what the. No, that's hey, that's great advice. That's uh, that's kind of what I was asking for there. He is Rich Voss. Oh, Check okay. out his great work at uh, richvoss.com. And I just checked, and I'm actually rushing this to air. I'm airing it on a Monday night on the radio show before it ends up on the podcast on Tuesday because there's only one show this weekend that still has tickets available. It's the Late Show on Friday. These are going to be gobbled up by tourists. If you living in Austin right now, don't get your ass off the couch or out of your chair or, or uh, take a break from your from driving the car. Go to ComedyMothership.com and get tickets to The Late Show on Friday. You will thank me later. Not just because it's a cool comedy club, but because Rich Voss is freaking hilarious. This has been proven over the last uh, 25 minutes or so. All right. Thanks for your time. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Rich Voss is a stand-up comedian who's been doing it for a long time, and he is actually headlining Joe Rogan's comedy mothership, The Big Room, this weekend. The only tickets that remain for all the shows this weekend are the late Friday show. you got the time. Show starts at 10. Go to ComedyMothership.com to grab those tickets. Rich, thank you so much for the time. How you doing today? Not bad. I mean, uh, it's Monday, so... 
I guess the week of stress falls all down in the morning uh, of, of, of the week. But you know what? I'm just going to live a moment at a time today. I'm not going to let it all get to me. I think people who followed stand-up for a while have known about you, but I also feel like in a way you're finally really starting to get your due, too. Obviously, you're headlining at Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. And you're a part of this uh, this crazy uh, summer comedy tour that Burt Kreischer is putting on right now, which is also pretty cool as well. I mean, do you feel like... Uh, even though you've been doing it for a long time, that you are finally starting to receive a little bit more respect in the words of Rodney Dangerfield? No, no. Uh, I mean, things go in waves. Hmm. Like, you know, if you look at a heart monitor, it goes up and down. If it goes straight across, you're dead. (laughs) I mean, one, and this is, I'm not saying, I'm well respected amongst my peers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause I've done it. I've done everything you could do. And I mean, I, you know, I was on tough crowd for how many episodes and during that, you know, tough crowd, uh, back then when they were hot, Opie and Anthony, uh, last comic standing, you know, I was doing, so I had, you know, a, a big run back then. And since then, I mean, that was a big run, a network TV show, and tough crowd and you know since then uh, my wife and i who's a comic bonnie mcfarland mm-hmm. we've had pilots i've done you know i've done so many little things to stay relevant i, I just put out my seventh album you know seven seven albums is and you know and that's not even crowd i could do a whole crowd work album if i wanted or two you know what i mean so it goes in waves. Right now, I got some heat again. I'm, I'm taping a special, excuse me, next month. And uh, I taped one five years ago that's about to come out. It's a, I taped it at a 12-step convention, oh, at wow. an NA convention, which has never been done. So when that comes out, you just got to try to stay relevant. That's all. I'm not, I'm, I'm old, so... Just the fact that I'm still semi-relevant is pretty good. I know people that my age have quit a long time ago. Well, I love the AANA idea. That's like Johnny Cash recording in Folsom Prison. And well, yeah, you, you, you've obviously never... talked about your recovery uh, over time. I mean, is a lot of the material yeah. geared towards that particular crowd? That crowd is a convention. It's all. 12 step. I don't show the audience obviously because they're anonymous. Right. Uh, my backdrop looks like a meeting with the coffee pots, the donuts, the signs, the chairs set up. That's how my stage looked behind me. Hmm. And I did probably half recovering material and half regular material and hmm. some crowd work. So, uh, it's never been done before. You know, and it, my managers had it for five years. I would have put it up a long time ago, but I don't own it. So now it's going to go up on different platforms. And then the new one will be mostly new material, maybe a couple things from the other one. You know, I didn't write tons of new recovery material. I wrote some new, you know, as we go, as I go along. But, you know, I, I just... Like I said, staying relevant in this business, you know, my, we had a podcast. I still go into Sirius and do stuff there. 
you know, it's uh, w- whatever level you get to, you want to be at the next level. You know, mm. it's it, it just, do you think, I mean, it's great. When I was on Bird's tour last week or two weeks ago, it was amazing. Do you really think Bert needs to do that? Bert could just go, you know, and I'll, I'll do some clubs. And, but he, he he keeps growing and growing and getting bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys who seems like he's really doing it for the love of the game as much as anything else. Like, he loves stand-up comedy so much that he kind of innovated the whole doing it at the uh, drive-in theater setup at the start of COVID. And now he's doing this yeah. uh, this summer comedy tour, and he's not the first one to do it necessarily. But man, the amount of excitement surrounding this tour, and I think it is going into the fall, and it's not stopping here in Austin, but it's going to be in Houston and Dallas, and maybe yeah. even Houston. And like he's just trying to bring people that he loves who also do stand up together to just help a crowd have a good time for a while. And I'm assuming you guys have a blast also on stage, and then also behind the scenes too. It was great. I mean, he, him and his wife put amazing tour together. They're so nice. The whole, everything about it, all the workers, all the people, all the, every, everybody, there was not one, I could not find a complaint. Hmm. And I tried to. Uh, the food was amazing. Everything was amazing. <laughs> he was amazing. You know, uh, the shows were great. I'd done big audiences like that during you know, the Opie and Anthony tour, I hosted the first half of those tours, and those wow. were 10, 12,000 people. Uh, I hosted Woodstock 99, just about 30 seconds of me in that documentary uh, where I'm saying, let's go crazy, let's go wild. I wasn't on the stage where the fires were, but I was on the second biggest stage. So uh, it's it's so different when you're doing a crowd that size. It's crazy, you know. Uh, and it was so much fun. That tour, it was. I, I I was glad that I got to do four nights. I was very happy about it. Were you still at Woodstock '99 when things went really sideways there? Well, we I my stage uh, Megadeth was closing my stage. Huh. As they went on, I was. We were in a van leaving, but we, you know, I guess we took the back routes in and out. But as we're leaving, you could see some a couple fires in way down wherever, and you, we're not even paying attention. We're just going. I'm going like, let's get the hell out of here. I've been here three days. I'm tired. Yeah. You know, even driving home the next day, I didn't really. You didn't really understand what went on until you watched the news or because it was a whole nother stage, a whole nother area. Hmm. You know, and they asked me to host over there. They said, you want to host uh, today over here? I said, no, nah, my, my stage has sometimes had 50, 60, 70,000 people and sometimes, you know, 200. And my stage was great. Nothing was ever thrown at me. Uh, it, you know, and I got to bring up some cool bands. I got to do a little material in time. And uh, so, it, it, you know, it was... Uh, a great experience. I have, you know, I was in the tent getting food, you know, and the band corn is behind me or kid rock and we're all standing in line getting food. And, you know, I was on the bus coming from the hotel to the venue with some guy. I go, you in a band and he was famous. I didn't know who he was. I mean, I'm older, you know, if it was the Allman brothers or Cretans or <laughs> Cat Stevens or somebody, 
you know, I kind of had an argument with the lead singer from Buck Cherry. Uh, you know, I had a little dressing room. It was a big trailer. This is a big trailer. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, they the bands had the big room with the couch and all that. And I had this little room with a recliner chair. So I walk into my little room from my door, and I'm, I'm smoking a cigarette then. And some guy's in there. He goes, can you put that cigarette out? I go, who the f*** are you? I go, scram. And it was the lead singer. And The lead me, singer from Buck Cherry who have a song called Lit Up, all about yeah. uh, all about getting yeah. coked up? Yeah, but he was, you know, working on his voice. Uh, and I, I could see that he apologized later. I see. And when I watched him, I go, this is the best band on my stage. Hmm. I went out and bought their CD right when I got home. So obviously... You know they're the winners. Uh, you that know, album but, was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the movies, I love that song. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't blow up that band. I I don't know if Personal Demons got them or what happened, but yeah, they they kind of faded into oblivion. They were like the new Led Zeppelin to me. Maybe less yeah, uh, were, less less mystical messaging. I uh, also hosted a, a great show next to the Washington Monument. It was uh, a drug awareness show to let the people in D.C. know what was going on around the country. You know, Mm. kids were dying, overdosing on heroin and drugs. And so I got it the last minute. And uh, Steven Tyler performed, not with Aerosmith by himself, Mm. uh, Sheryl Crow some band called the fray all these and i got to host but i got to do material like i did 10 minutes up front because there was a lot of people in recovery there so i got to do material there and then at the end of the night and i was bringing up all the bands there and uh you know dr oz spoke one of the kennedys Hmm. spoke it was a pretty cool event at the end of the night uh steven tyler cheryl they all came out and sang uh, come together by the Beatles, and it's just it it was amazing, mm. you know. So I, you know, so doing those big shows, and then Bird's tour last week to top it off was just so much fun. Then I left Bird's tour, came home, and I went out to L.A. Uh, did the Comedy Store a couple nights and some other club down by San Diego, and now I'm home for a couple of days, going to buy this house, and then head to Austin. So, you know, I got to play golf because, let's see, I go to Austin on Thursday. Friday's my birthday. I'm performing on my birthday in Austin on Friday. So I have to play golf Friday afternoon. Uh, You may want to do it in the morning if you can, dude. It's 100 plus degrees out here right now in the afternoons. That's nothing. That's kids play. I played in Arizona and Vegas in August. Okay. No, I will play in the morning, but the heat doesn't bother me. He is stand-up comedian Rich Voss performing at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. Coming up, one more segment with Rich on the other side. Proving good things do happen on the radio after 10 p.m. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back with stand-up comedian Rich Voss. He is headlining at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership this weekend. And he's nice enough to join me for a couple of segments. Rich, you said that you had a question for me? So ESPN uh, radio, do you, do you focus on sports at all when you're doing this or? 
Um, it's uh, it's part sports and part stupid news type stories, and then the other part is me. I have complete autonomy over the interviews that I set up. So yeah, um, it's anybody who I would I, I'm interested in having a conversation with. Which with Austin finding itself as all of a sudden like a stand up mecca in this country. Yeah. Fortunately for me, because I'm a nerd for the art form, it includes a lot of stand up comedians. I mean, it's cool to get to talk to you and Big J and Greg Fitzsimmons. I mean, there's been so many people over the last couple of months since Rogan opened his place and like Austin's stand up scene is elevated above where it was when it was just Cap City pre COVID. And like, you know, I've been to the comedy mothership a bunch of times and just seen a variety of acts. And it's just, it's, it never, it's never going to lose its appeal to me because in a lot of ways, that is the last frontier where you can really speak openly about things. And assuming that, that you're not just being completely ignorant with the stuff that you cover, maybe there's a larger point, or maybe you're just trying to hit the ridiculousness of both sides of a given issue. Like it's, it's never something that I will not love. And it's also I, uh, something that I, that I, that I, I don't need, I, it's not like playing golf versus watching golf where I can play golf. I have a hard time watching golf. Like I can watch stand up on television, but it's, I am so much better off as a fan of the art form if I'm in a crowd watching it in person. And by the way, yeah. it needs to be a club too. Like I'm, I'm close to done with the theater shows. I'm definitely done with the arena shows. I know you just talked about going on birds tour. It's just, it's yeah. not intimate enough for me to really uh, well, appreciate what's happening on stage. Well, I mean, personally, I'm a club comic. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's what I, I love doing clubs. Yeah. I could do material. I could do crowd work. It, you know, people could see facial expressions, you know, it's easier to work in the moment. I mean, it's a whole different vibe than the, even a theater or an arena, mm-hmm. you know, clubs, I love doing clubs, you know. It's funny, for Simmons, I just played golf with him Thursday when mm-hmm. I was in L.A. We were laughing, we, we nonstop laughing all day long, me and him. I bet. Uh, he, the first time we played, he beat me by one stroke. Next time we played, I beat him. And the other day, he beat me, and I, I couldn't hit a ball. When I Next time we play, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt him. I'm going to crush him. Uh, very funny guy. Uh yeah, club comedy. Like when I was in Austin, I did a guest spot at, at Rogan's Room. I stopped there and it was, it's a great city for comedy. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's, they, they're, they just love comedy in Austin. It's a great city for it. And he, that club's amazing too. It's, it's a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. What do you love about that club? Because I've spoken with numerous comedians who describe it as a comedian's comedy club, and much like with Bert's tour, it's it's really hard yeah. to find a flaw in that place from the crowd, or if you're somebody who's getting up on stage. So, what makes that club so special in your mind? Probably the best thing I love about it is that they're using me. <laughs> there, <laughs> that's a pretty I good mean, quality. I, uh, I was there once the night I did a guest spot. Uh huh. And the audience was so pumped. So, you know, the ups, everything about it. Uh, look, a comic is running it that knows comedy. Mm-hmm. He knows comedy. The guy booking it knows comedy because he's from LA and Adam. He's still, Adam. Yeah. So, but mainly the owner. You get these other owners. These other owners care about selling, some of them, not all of them, chicken wings and drinks. 
you don't care what, you know, you can light the wait staff on fire as long as you sell enough tickets. They don't care. You know, Joe knows good comedy. He's been around it. He's a comic. You know what I mean? So he's putting in people that he he thinks will do well or that he, you know what I mean? He just knows it's, it's better. I'm glad you mentioned the food, though, because I'm convinced that that is one of the more savvy things that he's done with his club is refusing to serve food. That way you don't have the smell of the fryer wafting through the club and just one more distraction for people at tables and then also the servers yeah. to have to deal with while comics are up on stage t- uh, telling jokes. Who's going to spit out chicken wings to laugh? Right. If you have a mouthful of food, you're not going to laugh. You know, your head's in the table. Mm-hmm. I was working a club. I I lost it on the club owner somewhere in Wisconsin, Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin. The club owner's an old guy. He's got a lot of money. He owns a bunch of businesses in town. And I did the club once and it was good. Sold a lot of chickens. So I went back. Maybe it was, anyhow, he's going to try to sell food. He was selling food at the club, but he's, he wanted to put a bunch of new stuff on the menu. Mm-hmm. So as the people walk in, he had all these samples of, Whatever. Well, you know, people walk. Anyhow, when I'm on stage, he had the waitresses walking around handing out samples. I lost my mind. I I go, are you kidding me? Right. And before I went on stage, he goes, "Uh, you don't use the F-bomb. Anybody that says F-bomb should be shot. Okay. You don't shut up. Well, after. Definitely should know in a comedy club. As that food is being passed out, uh, I said his f-bomb word a million times <laughs> along with others and i just walked off and yeah i go you're you're an idiot you're an idiot. you you don't pass out or it wasn't a i'm not working costco or a wedding you jackass i'm working <laughs> and this guy's handing out samples of little pieces of cake and nuts and whatever you idiot what an idiot uh what the hell is wrong with people i don't know they just don't know they don't know and that's what Joe knows he's he knows you know what I mean that's why the club is so good so I'm looking forward to that this week working there uh because it's it's run well you know so it's been a good month to tour and comedy store and and saying this you know I don't know what I have next oh then I'm shooting a special next month for a half half an hour special At, uh, at the mothership or someplace else no, in New York at the cutting room. Okay. It's Gas Digital, those guys, Lewis, and they're- uh, Love those dudes. Uh, they're doing six of them. Uh, myself, uh, Kurt Mesker, who's super funny. Yeah. Uh, Colin Terrell. I don't know, three, some uh, girl. Anyhow, they're taping July 11, 12th, and 13th. Hmm. All right, last question, Rich. It is your birthday this Friday. What birthday is it for you? My uh, uh, my birthday. Yeah. What what number is it for you? Uh, let's really look. I'm trying to meet some hot young girl in in Austin, and you want me to tell my <laughs> age? I'm trying to meet, you know, uh, uh, I don't want somebody with a grandfather issue. Maybe somebody with a daddy issue. Okay. Let's what say- regardless of what that number is, the number is a big question mark. That's fine. What okay. would, whatever age you're about to be, what advice would you give Rich Voss from 20 years ago? Oh, to now? Yeah. 
uh, Apple. <laughs> Buy Apple stock? Yeah, Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, wow. 20 years ago, I had 17 years sober already because I have 37 years sober. I know that's so, why I didn't. That's why I didn't go forty years ago because I think forty years ago it's easy. It's like cut the BS yeah. now. Forty years ago, I would have said, you know, when you buy Freebase or whatever, uh, thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said, listen, be careful, be careful. Sometimes it's soap. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I couldn't even imagine now partying or getting, I couldn't, I'd be dead, you know, with all the crap going on. I, you know, there is people listening or anywhere to think that they, you can stop. You can, if you give yourself a chance, it's, it, you know, the rewards are endless and just a day at a time. That's all you got to do. You don't worry about down the road. You can stop. And I'm not preaching. I'm just saying from my experience, I was a full blown drug addict. And now I have three kids, a granddaughter, two more, you know what I mean? But everybody's life doesn't, you know, I, I did a lot of hard work, but one thing I can, one thing I can guarantee anybody that's trying to stop or wants to stop. I don't know what will become of your life, but I do know the obsession and compulsion to doing drugs and alcohol will be lifted at some point. Mm. And that's what you're dealing with obsession and compulsion and it will be lifted and this is why my fan base stinks because they don't listen to me <laughs> <laughs> they go if if we stop we might have to move out of our mom's basement and, <laughs> uh, no i hate to sound preachy but you know what the no, that's, hey, that's great advice. That's uh, that's kind of what I was asking for there. He is Rich Voss. Oh, Check out his great work at uh, richvoss.com. And I just checked, and I'm actually rushing this to air. I'm airing it on a Monday night on the radio show before it ends up on the podcast on Tuesday because there's only one show this weekend that still has tickets available. It's the late show on Friday. These are going to be gobbled up by tourists. If you living in Austin right now, don't Get your ass off the couch or out of your chair or, or uh, take a break from your from driving the car. Go to ComedyMothership.com and get tickets to The Late Show on Friday. You will thank me later. Not just because it's a cool comedy club, but because Rich Voss is freaking hilarious. This has been proven over the last uh, 25 minutes or so. All right. Thanks for your time. Thanks to you for listening this evening. I will be back tomorrow at 10. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the night and sweet dreams. Proving good things do happen on the radio after 10 p.m. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellis.